Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. I want to, I want to, like I said, I'm going to get ready. You know, Sunday we're starting this brand new series on grace. And I like preaching about grace because I think I clarify it um, biblically because I don't think a lot of people really know what grace is. And today I, I want to talk about faith just a little bit and then bring you into grace because uh, Jesus even said, this is how you got saved. And I, and I, and I think that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Because you're like, ooh. So look at this. Ephesians 2.8. Now, I want you to kind of check this out with me. Um, This is good. Then after we look at it in King James, let's put it in the passion right after it. It reads real a little bit different but similar. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Okay? So now before we go, what now watch this now just go slow for it was what for by grace are you saved through faith okay i got that so grace by grace you are saved that's god's laid up righteous redemption all that cool stuff through faith that's your beliefs and that you're not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What's the gift of God? Not faith. The grace was a gift. Do you get that? So faith accesses grace, which is the gift. Now, is faith a gift? Kind of like, but not textually right here. What he's trying to say is, but now watch this. You have to have faith to have the grace. If you do not believe that the grace is there through the gift, not of works, least any man shall boast. You see it? So he's saying is what? So you didn't get saved by good works. You didn't get saved by your actions. You didn't get saved by being good. You got saved because you believed in the plan of redemption for man, and you said, I accept it with its terms and responsibilities. That right there will change it. Look what it says here in the Passion. Reads a little bit clearer. Kind of expounds a little bit. And I like it. For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation. For it was a gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So you see it? So now, why is grace so powerful? Because it's a gift from God. Grace is not weakness. Grace is an empowerment. Grace is a deposit of God's ability allowing you to do what you could not do by yourself. And uh, you're going to hear this a lot, but uh, um, I, I, th- I think this right here is one of the greatest I mean, it's probably one of the greatest examples of grace's power that I think we see. And a lot of you know where I'm going with this. But if you don't know where I'm going, act surprised when you get there. 
praise be to God. But if you go with me and you see this, um, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, and I want to read this to you, and, and we can start with verse uh, 3. Um, a lot of you know this story. If you don't know the story, it's okay. It's quoted a lot. I want to kind of see, give, you the, give you the heads up. King James is great. And, 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 and the, the Apostle Paul says this. He's talking about a vision, Paul's vision, and Paul's thorn in the flesh. Okay? And he starts to explain. I, you know, he knew a man in, in Christ in verse two, 2. You know what I mean? You can actually go to verse 2. It kind of maybe helps people see it. He's talking about a vision. And he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Whether outside the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. So he's talking about a Paul. It was a vision. So whether it was in the body, out of the body, open vision, the dream, he don't know. But all he knows is it happened. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, what is not lawful for a man to utter. Good. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but I glory in my infirmities. Now, infirmities are not sickness, infirmities are weakness, and sometimes we're weak. Now, watch this. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbid, lest any man should think of me above which God has sent me, basically, above that which he senteth me to be or heareth of me. So he's not exalting himself. Now watch seven. And just in case I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given me the thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. What? Lest I should be exalted above measure. So now this is big, right? What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Well, it was, it was satanic pressure. Now, God didn't bring it. Satanic pressure came because of revelation. So you see what he said? I, abundance of revelations. So, so, so Paul is really getting a download from heaven. He's writing the bo books of the Bible. He's, he's getting a download of revelation. And here comes the enemy trying to buff it. Buff it means blow, beat, stop him. For this thing, Right? Now he's getting tired of this. And what does he do? For this thing, I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That right there. Woo! Look at this in the Passion. Because it's kind of cool, right? He says, answer me. Wow. You go, what do you mean answer me? But he answered me and said, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate in my weakness for when I'm weak. I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So what is he saying? My grace is sufficient. So check this out. 
he didn't just come in and fix it or make it go away. He made Paul bigger than the situation. Because if he just comes in, so this is what happens a lot of times with the grace thing. God cannot stop the laws of spirituality because he put them in motion. So if you want revelation knowledge, you're going to get pressure to give it up. So God can't just come in and stop certain things you're asking him to stop because he knows the counterbalance of this thing is if you don't have pressure, you don't have revelation. So I can't stop you from growing, but I can give you the power to overcome the obstacles that are stopping you from growing. And that is the power that he's releasing. And that is why grace is an empowerment it's not a weakness. So now, so now we got to start asking ourselves the question. Okay, I got this. I know we're starting on grace. Well, what do you want me to see tonight? I want you to put faith in grace's operation in your life. By grace were you saved through faith. So what happens if you don't put faith in the gospel message? You don't have the grace for it. What happens if you don't put faith in the ability of God in you to overcome obstacles? You don't have the ability to do it. That's what he's telling them. He said, my grace is sufficient. So you got to sometimes look at circumstances and go, wow, I don't know if I can handle this. You got to put faith in grace's operation in the moment to give you victory, even though you look weak. Because you might look it, but that doesn't mean that you are. And that's what I was trying to talk to you about the other week. Remember that? When I was telling you, hey, let's see what it doesn't look like so we could find out what it is. Right? What, remember we talked about that? We were like, well, if I'm in faith, what happens when I'm in the flesh? You know what I mean? If we're in faith, what's the reciprocal or what's the opposite? So it's a belief, it's fear, unbelief, doubt, all these enemies of faith. Remember we said, well, here, this could have been really right here. The Apostle Paul could have said, oh, here we go. Here's this angel buffeting me from Satan. Nothing ever works out, all right? Remember we talked about that? You start overriding what faith can do, because we get focused on the negative things of life, right? People have actually scripturally, like, murdered this scripture. I mean, that's a bad word, but they, mur they, they just destroy. Well, I got a thorn in my flesh. That, that is ridiculous. A thorn in your flesh, number one, does not come from God. He told you it was the enemy trying to stop Paul from stepping into Revelation, so what, what happens is if you're not careful, you take faith out of the equation and now you're running on fumes and you basically start allowing the negative things of life to become your focal point and not to tap into the strength to be an overcomer. Right? You start, you start checklist, right? One, I start, man, really be, be careful, but I start focusing on the negative too much. Okay, 
That next thing is what? I start underestimating the ability of what I can do. Right? The apostle Paul sitting here going, man, I'm going to, I'm writing the Bible is what he's doing. Here comes the enemy trying to push against them, trying to do this, trying to do that. And now all of a sudden, what I, how am I going to do this? He said, instead of getting concerned about this thing, he wasn't defeated by his weakness. He started embracing his weakness. Right? What happens if you don't, what happens if you don't embrace the weakness in the right tense, you start underestimating your ability. But we never said this was your ability that was going to do it. It's God's ability on you empowering you to do. What did we say grace was? It's God's ability in me allowing me to do what I could not do by myself. So grace is a force and a strength. If I'm not careful, what else starts happening? I become emotional. Right? We start allowing our emotions to get the best of us and say, why do I got to have, what, what would you be doing? Why do I got to have, what's now? Oh, great. Now I got a messenger, you know, buffing me. Great. Now, serving God's wonderful. Right? We're complaining. We start becoming emotional about it. Nothing ever good works out. I, 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 instead of being main stronger, I'm mad. Right? Instead of like speaking to the circumstance, we're getting complaints out of our mouth. That's a big one, right? We start complaining. We start doubting. Come on, man. These are all enemies of faith. These are all enemies of grace. What do you mean you start complaining? Well, what do you do? Okay. Now you start doubting. Well, how's anything going to work out good? Uh, why do I got to go through this? You, you, come on, man. How long is this going to take? We're losing patience. Remember a couple of Sundays ago, I said faith and patience were power twins. They work together. Now you start, you start doubting the process. I don't like how long this is taking. And what do you do? We start doubting, we doubt the process. Next thing you know, we're mad about this and we're mad about that. And you guys know what I'm talking about, man. You guys, you know, you got, tr faith is trust. You understand that? Look at Proverbs 3, 5. Just look at this. Trusting the Lord with all your heart, guys. Faith is trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. A lot of people are looking for God's guarantee to success before doing what he asked them to do. That's not faith. Trust in, reliance. I'm going to tell you right here now, faith requires risks. That's why people don't want to get into it. Is that okay to say? You know, like, you know what I mean? Well, if there's, there's a risk, and I understand risk is probably a bad word because if you do it right, there ain't no risk, it's results. But you know what I'm saying? In the beginning of it, you're like, I got to step out of the boat. I got to start this business, but no cap, I, I don't know. Uh, this God's going to work in this marriage. 
Man, my mind's so shot out, I can't even think straight, bro. God's going to keep me in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. You serious? Pastor Chris, you lying? You know what I mean? The giving thing, right. Give and it shall be given to you. You, Pastor Chris, you telling the truth. Are you really serious this stuff works? Yeah, it works. I mean, you know it is. But faith and grace work whether you understand it or not, but you must obey even when you don't understand. That don't make no sense. An angel of Satan buffeting me, really? Well, you want the revelation? Then you're going to have to walk through some obstacles. So faith means you obey even when you don't understand. You know what I mean? It's kind of like forgiveness or something. You know what I mean? It seems like a good idea before you do it, but it's a great test of faith, isn't it? You got to forgive some knucklehead that's out in left field. Somebody hurt you. You know, somebody didn't do something nice. Forgiving is meaning like some, you got offended somehow. Somebody did something. And I'm not saying they didn't do nothing wrong, but sounds good, right? In theory, and now I got to do it. It's always the right choice. But man, sometimes it ain't easy. You know, you, 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 you're kind of pulling this in. I know you are. Faith is doing the right thing even when it seems wacko. You know what I mean? Like, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. My understanding is going, this is crazy. Faith doesn't work in the sense realm of understanding. It works in the spiritual realm. Man, that's why I always tell you like Gideon, right? I, 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 I rip through that Gideon thing so fast sometimes. Let me tell you really what was going on. Remember when he was to find Gideon at the wine press? He said, mighty man of valor. And Gideon pulls like, there's somebody back there, man. I'm scared. Threshing wheat over here at the, you know, just chilling. This is night. The Bible in Judges chapter 7, you don't have to go there. Gideon took 300 Israelites to battle 135,000 enemy soldiers. So now, ju just try to understand this. So 300 guys versus 135,000 men. Did you, did you get that? So God tells them, take torches, trumpets, and clay pots and go down to the battle. Now, be serious. Can you think 300 guys with torches, trumpets, and clay pots are going to beat 130,000? Look, man, do you even think 300 guys with tanks and rocket launchers are going to go beat 135,000 guys? No. God tells Gideon, Put the clay pots over the torches so the light can be seen at night and go surround the enemy's camp. Okay, right? This is wacko. 
God instructions were like, hey, when I tell you to do it, do it, and then blow the trumpet, break the pots, and let the torchlight suddenly shine out in the darkness. That's what they did. It was a huge army. But this is what God knew. That will cause mass confusion. The enemy soldiers will end up fighting one another. That's what he tells them. Could you imagine standing there? I would have been quaking and shaking. This is crazy. Gideon obeyed even though it didn't make no sense. They blew the trumpet. They broke the path. They what? They bravely revealed the light in the torch. And the enemy soldiers woke up in shock and started fighting each other. Instead of fighting the Israelites, because God told Gideon what to do, Gideon did what God told him to do, even when he didn't understand it, and they won the battle. That's grace. The grace was, this is how it's going to happen. But you had a faith for what grace could provide. That was God's plan. God leaves you in the ridiculous to pull off the miraculous so you are not, you're, you know why? Because you ain't even involved, man. You're checked out. You ain't got no faith for this. You just got to believe God. I'm like, man, this, this cannot work without God. Sometimes God tells you to do something that appears foolish, facing overwhelming odds. But when you have faith and obey God, even when you don't understand what he's asking you to do, man, you're going to win. You can't live by faith without taking a shot at it. This is why it's so important that you hear from heaven and, and obey what you hear and then move towards what God told you to do through faith. So I, I don't bet to that, for me, that, don't doubt the process. Got to believe anything is possible because grace is kind of like hovering and redemption and, and grace is like hovering, but it needs faith. If you say, I don't think he can, he can't. So grace, grace is good, but faith says all things are possible. You know, you got to believe what God spoke and say it. You got to say the same thing God said. Because for faith to take your life to a greater level of expectation, man, I'm going to tell you right here now, you're going to have to keep your faith. That's what it says in, in, in Ephesians 3.20. You can go there. Ephesians 3.20. God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, come on somebody, abundantly, Above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That anointing is in you. The power of grace is in you. Look at 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages. A world without end. Woo! Woo! That power is in you. We need to do mighty exploits. That's the thing, man. You, now write this down. Faith and grace. All my online people take notes. 
Put this in the comments. Faith and grace gives me the ability to overcome every obstacle of life. Put that, type that in there. Give me some fire emojis or something. Let's, we got to start getting more interactive on that thing, right? Faith and grace give me the ability to overcome every obstacle of life. Look at, look at, look at 2 Corinthians 4. And we're going to start with verse 8. I might read it in the, um, let's, read it, let's read it in the King James and then we'll read it in the Passion because I got it in two places I like it. For we are troubled on every side. Remember we read this a couple months ago, right? Yet not distressed. We were perplexed, but not in distress. We were persecuted, but not forsaken. We were cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Look at verse 7, just to really see, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. It, that, that right there. It's in you. Pastor Chris, are you saying faith and grace are in me? Yeah, it's in you. Look at look what it says. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 7 in the, in the Passion. Come on. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we ain't crushed. At times, we don't even know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we are not knocked out, bro. Come on. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that resurrection life ah, will be revealed through our humanity. You pulling that in? What is he saying? We got the ability to do this thing. It's inside of you. And if you realize this is inside of you and put a demand on it through faith, you can overcome anything. That's the thing. And the thing is this, like, you got to realize something. Grace flows not through weakness or infirmity, but grace flows strongest in your ability to do this on your own. I want you to get that. Because there's a very, that's very, very good and it makes a lot of sense. Not in my weakness and not in my infirmities, not in my thing. But what grace is doing is this. It's, it's basically me going, man, I cannot do this without God. And you go, God, but I know I can do it with you. And then grace kicks in. There's a, um, there's a proverb. Oh, let me find this. Uh, talk about grace-filled. 
there's a lot of them, but I was looking for the one. It basically says, um, he, his, his grace in your heart can change your life. Um, look at this one. I, I'm telling you, 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 it's redeeming grace. It's the power of grace. Grace is wisdom and glory makes you victorious. That's what I'm looking for. Guard my lips with grace. Look, look at, um, yeah, you can look at this one. Look at Proverbs 1 and 9 in the Passion. I mean, this, this thing just doesn't stop. For their insight will bring you success adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide you. You know, it was like your father's instruction, the word, basically saying follow the word of God. So for, your, for their insight, right, your mother and your father, that's what it says in there, or your wisdom you get from the word will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving your reins to guide you in your decision. And that reins are internal directions. You see this? So, I mean, there's a ton of them. I mean, there's so many in there, you can get lost in it. What grace is producing? It's producing direction. It's producing strength. It's producing ability. I like the one. There's one I really like, and, I, and I'll find it for you. Um, it, it basically, it, if, um, look, at, oh, yeah, 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 look. Psalms 127.1. Look at, look at, look at, look at this one. Look at this one. You can put it in the King James and then we're going to read it again, because this is big, right? So everybody knows this, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. But I found this the other day, right? I just found it. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain, right? That's a good one, right? You've been reading that for years, right? Everybody knows that one. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain, correct? Look at it in the Passion. Check it out in the Passion, man. When I seen this one, that's the one I almost slipped me for a minute. If God's grace doesn't help the builders, they're going to labor in vain to build the house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the what? Centuries will circle it in vain. See it? So unless God's grace doesn't help me build, you can forget it. You labor in vain. So everything you do for God, you need his grace to kick in. So faith says, I believe that God's going to give me the ability to do what I can't do by myself. No matter what it is, it's the power of faith and grace working together. And we're going to learn about grace all month long. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these guys. I thank you for blessing them. I thank you for keeping them. I thank you for seeing the power of grace, the ability of grace, the wisdom in grace, the release of grace. And I thank you, Lord, that we are going to be filled with your grace this month to see to hear, to understand, and to walk in grace at another level because of what you're imparting in our life. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Hey, guys, check these announcements out. Stay with me. Don't forget, August 19th, I got the men's meeting. That's a night meeting, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, in this sanctuary. I'm going to be talking to all the guys. It's going to be man talk. I'm going to talk to you dudes like dudes. Amen. So if you're a dude and you want to come on out and hang out with the fellas, come on out. It's going to be a time of 
preaching and teaching the word of God to men and men only. Ladies, you cannot come in the building. I might let you do a little help with the worship set, but then you got to go. Go somewhere. We're going to be talking to the guys. We're going to have a time of fellowship. We're going to eat together, hang out together afterwards. But I want you to come. Invite your friends now. Tell your husband he's coming. Sign him up today. Sign up sheet online. All the info's there. And get in the building. Invite your coworkers. All those guys you wanted to go get. Say, man, I really want to. Get them in the building. Saturday night, August 19th, 6 p.m. right here. Gathering the champions. The guys are coming together. It's going to be a great time. I love you. Check these announcements out. I'll see you Sunday. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.